are back. Welcome back to the Prefer Not to Say podcast. Very special episode today. Oh yeah, um, we actually have a guest today, mm-hmm. which is something we normally don't do, but we want to start doing more. We have a good friend of mine and the first of, uh, uh, you could say, young entrepreneurs that will appear on this episode. So, But before we introduce her, we'll introduce ourselves for you know the millionth time. Mm-hmm. I'm James Bunn, also known as Boutique Paul. And I am Gregory Tenbrink, also known as... Old Man Jonker. Old Man Jonker. I little, little I background. Fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> little background on that. Jonker is what he refers to Joker, the movie starring Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, shout out Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not actually about Joker at all. Mm. And then the old man part is about he used to call him Old Man Joker because Joaquin Phoenix looks about 10, he 20 years decrepit. older than he actually is. You know, he's only 45. <laughs> yeah, but like, the, <laughs> but <laughs> the way, I don't know, the way they shot it, the way his body like looks, he looks like he's a 90-year-old man in that movie. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, would you like to introduce and our guest? With us today, we have a good friend of mine, Jessica Lamb, if you would like to go into detail uh, with your own introduction. Uh, hi, I'm Jessica, as Greg said. Um, so, I am a writer with nerdbot.com. It's a company that covers all things nerd, and I've been with them since about 2018, and I also uh, do cosplay. And that is a brief descriptor, but we will dive way deep into that. We'll do what I do. Yeah, we'll do what James does. Take the faceless approach. Because me, I'd just be like, hey, here's all the things you do, and that's great. <laughs> and that would, <laughs> the episode would Actually, be like you know, five we should long. probably start, uh, given that you've listened to episode two, do you align with the face or the faceless? That's a good question. Uh, this is a little quiz to remember to see <laughs> how much you remember each episode. Uh, so you saw this panic in my eyes. I was yeah, like, wait. Yeah. I, I feel like teachers do that when they see students. They're like, oh, man, I don't remember this. They see the fear, and they're just like, attack. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, I went to college as an English major, so I feel like I tend to want to like get really analytical about things. So probably more similar to James. All right. On that front. That makes sense. I mean, given that you're also a journalist. Yeah. You You win this one, James. (laughs) (laughs) All about the details in Mm. that case. (laughs) All right. So I guess we will just jump into uh, asking, or well, the interview, I should say. Um, So I'm going to ask the obligatory question, the trash question, the throwaway question, the one that everybody asks that nobody has the correct answer to. What made you want to do what you're doing? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question because I had no idea that I was going to end up doing this kind of work at all. Growing up, I I always have loved writing and loved reading. My mom taught me how to read at a very young age. And so I think the passion for writing's always been there. But so much, how did I get into this specific thing? Honestly, it was kind of a fluke. I was on Facebook one day, saw an ad for nerdbot.com looking for writers and was like, I'm going to shoot them an email. Why not? They said, yeah, give us some work. Let us see what you got to do. And it just kind of it kept going from there. And now it's like it seems so perfect, like what I always should have been doing. But I didn't know at the time that's what I was going to do. So in other words, if you see an ad for a job, just just respond to it. If it's something Go for that you're it. interested in. Because you kind of just like cast a lure out there and just gotten fucking Moby Dick right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> and and now, you know, your tenure is increasing with them. You obviously haven't left them. So no. Yeah, if anything, my work with them has been increasing more and more over time. So it's really nice. It's been helping me hone my skills, and I I truly love what I do. I oh, it seems like every it. other day I see you post an article like, man, how much does this girl write? Like, yeah, and it's I've started writing so much more. When I started, 
I would get maybe two articles a week. And the whole time I'd be sitting at a Barnes and Noble, just like freaking out, like every detail, every word, like, oh, it's horrible. Everyone's going to hate this. I sound like an idiot. You're always <laughs> hypercritical of your own work. That's one thing like is, is common amongst most people. You know, I mean, even listening back to this podcast, like every time I listen to myself talk or or try to sell a joke or anything like that, I'm like, God, you, you fucked it up so hard. Like, But yeah, I empathize with that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's so hard, like creating something and then like putting it out there and then letting the world judge it. Well, you can't even really think about it now, given how much you write now. It's like you, you don't have time to even think about those kind of worries. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, it doesn't matter if I hate myself for what I'm writing. I just got to keep writing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have that masochistic tendency of going on the <laughs> articles and looking in the comments section, waiting to find the people that have to, the hate to speak. And I'm like, I shouldn't be looking for this because it shouldn't matter. Did you know that's one reason that Eminem didn't use the Internet for the longest time? No. He said that he didn't use the Internet because all he would do was look up what people were saying about himself and it would drive him crazy. Oh, I don't blame him. He would look at every same. single comment people are making, and it was like, ah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I boxed myself in a corner, though, because, like, my job is all about writing articles for the internet, so I'm like, well, that option's gone <laughs> and out the window now. Well, also, <laughs> considering the reach that you have, too, I you know, that kind of widespread audience, is it's not just, like, a small group of people no. reading it. It's, you know, a website that does very well for itself and, you know, constant eyes on what you're writing I mean, you never know. There are probably people who are specifically reading your article specifically and ignoring everybody else. Yeah, it's crazy, honestly. I am one of those. (laughs) It's crazy, honestly. About a year ago, my parents were um, hanging out with a group of our friends we've had for a long time. They've been basically family to me since I was a little kid. And one of their kids was um, listening to my mom talk to their mom about, oh, yeah, my daughter writes for NerdBot. And she's like, my son listens to NerdBot. And... Then she asked her son, like, do you know, have you ever read any articles by Jessica Lamb? He's like, yeah, I have read her stuff. She writes about video games a lot. That was crazy to me to actually have someone be like, yeah, I do know who you are. So it's, uh, it's definitely a, a game changer when somebody approaches somebody you don't know mm-hmm. or well, at least don't know intimately approaches you or like mentions you and says, yeah, I'm a fan of your work. That's something that will like change your perspective on what you're doing. It makes you feel like you made it, you know? Yeah, I'm from Hobunk, Little Fenville, so that it's crazy. Imagine when people recognize us from our podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna turn tail and flee. That's gonna be my reaction. <laughs> wait, wait, uh, hold on. Are you Daddy Master Senpai? Uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll be right with you, and then I'll just sprint to my car in the middle of a grocery store. Everyone's just looking at you. At the checkout, just leaving all your stuff. <laughs> uh, the cashier is like, hey, wait a minute. I recognize your voice. No, you don't. See ya. <laughs> oh, I'm like terrified of people and I don't know why. Me too. Me too. Especially if they recognize you for something significant. Because mm-hmm. you don't know if it's good or bad. It's mostly bad. <laughs> you're like, wait, wait, wait. You're on what podcast? Oh, you guys suck. <laughs> uh, honestly, I think when if somebody were to approach me in the negative sense, I'd be more... I'd be more okay with staying and having a conversation because I'd be like, oh, really? Why? Because, like, what is it that you do and what makes you feel like you, like, I don't know. I'd just try to turn it on them and be an asshole. But that's just me. I'm an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, you know what podcast is great? Your podcast. Oh, wait, you don't have one. Ooh, mic drop. Um, Everyone everyone should have a podcast. So, speaking of reach, um, how, let's see. You've been doing this for a few years. Would you like to describe the the sensation you got when you saw like 
how far your first article got versus how far your biggest article got. Like, what was, like, how did that feel to you as far as, the progression of the trajectory? Yeah. How did that feel for you as far as, like, the rate of growth? Like, how did it make you feel? Did it make you feel like you, you're, you're on the path to achieving your dreams? Yeah. I think I've actually had the great pleasure to be watching the company grow as I grow as a writer as well, which has been great because even just seeing, like, NerdBot, it's becoming more popular than it was when I first started writing for them. And I remember my first article ever was, um, I still even remember the title of it, it was How Monster Hunter World is Changing the DLC Game. And I remember it got, I think, maybe 130 views. And even that at the time was like crazy to me. I'm like, wow, 130 people clicked on this and decided to read this. And now, uh, about a month ago, I wrote an article about an Etsy store that makes uh, Pokemon dioramas. They like make the top half of the Pokeball clear and they put like a little environment in it. And I remember watching it every day and seeing it go up to over 25,000 shares and over 50,000 views. And I'm not going to lie, I, I bawled. I, I cried so hard. And it, it's a great feeling because it feels like, you know, you work so hard at it. And writing, you're really putting yourself out there. Anyone could say whatever they want about you. It's on the internet. It's there forever. And it's a great feeling knowing that people got joy out of it and knowing I helped that store as much as I help myself like I'm sure they've gotten more sales because of it and it's it's an indescribable feeling and it it really makes me feel validated as a writer so uh the takeaway from that for everybody listening is get your lazy ass up and go do something because all you have to do is apply your determination and I was going to get very motivational with it, but I'm going to fall off right there oh, really? <laughs> all right well I, I think what Greg's trying to say is that due diligence like Greg, Jessica's very helpful. Okay. All right. <laughs> in, in more ways than one. She helps the listener, or she helps the reader, you know, I don't know, how would you describe it? I I think I help people feel validated. That's the like thing. Like facilitate their passions. Yeah. And you're also helping a company grow. Oh, yeah. And it, it's... And, and Greg is big mad right now because I, I, because oh. I, I'm, I just referenced episode five. so uh to to clue you in on the joke and why i'm like frustrated a little bit is in episode five in episode five for all the listeners they've heard it already but episode five i go on this this uh this little this this tangent when i'm talking and i i say help like i i almost want to go back and listen to it and count it but i say the word help like 20 times in like five minutes and it drives me crazy when I repeat something (laughs) to that level. And so I'm like, I can't say the word help for like the next week. And now he's going to say it throughout the whole episode. (laughs) No, just the one. (laughs) I I might bring it up once an episode, just a constant reminder. It'll be one of our gags. What's Greg like to do? Help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I totally get that. You know, watching the trends in trajectory, I obsessively look at our stats Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. I check it like 10 times a day because I'm like, oh, it went up two more listeners. I honestly, I don't think I should have started diving into paying attention to the amount of listeners and the amount of uh, plays because like I'm kind of like it's, it's explained in one of the other episodes, but I'm kind of a number cruncher when it comes to certain things. And this is definitely one of those things. So like I'm getting obsessed. It, 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 every day. It, it goes from an interest to just straight neurosis. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. No, I, I tend to go back and like on our Facebook page, they'll post articles throughout the week. And I tend to screenshot like the stats on them 
so like when I'm having a down day where I'm like, man, I just, I don't feel like I can write today. I'm having block or whatever. I go back and look at it and I'm like, no, you're not doing too bad for yourself. Like, remember, mm. like, this is what it's all about is that exposure. More people are reading your work. You're improving. Every article you write is improvement. Not going to lie. I took a picture of the screen when it said 69 all-time listens. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was, uh, was there any sort of trend as far as, you know, weekly or monthly that you saw growth? Like or or do my... you more so, like, like you, you notice, so like, oh, I'm getting, like, hundreds of views, and then I'm getting thousands of views. It's like, oh, I'm hitting five figures now. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely... I remember the point where I hit a thousand views on an article for the first time and that was a huge deal. And then it's like for a while there, the trend was just getting like a couple thousand or so. And then all of a sudden it just shot up one day and I'm like, whoa, this is, this is crazy. This company used to get like 200 views on a page. Maybe now we're getting thousands upon thousands of views. The Facebook's constantly getting new likes. It's, it's crazy, honestly. (laughs) It's, it's pretty astronomical growth. Um, at least from my perspective, uh, I don't want to say that I'm contributing to it, but I know any time that I talk about like playing D and D with my friends, with like other people, any conversation I'm having, at some point I wind up bringing up the fact that my friend Jess writes for Nerdbot, and so like I ev- like I'm not even trying, and I'm constantly like pushing that out there mm-hmm. to more people, like hey, you should check out Nerdbot, hey, you should check out Nerdbot, like not literally just approaching people and saying that, but it's it's a part of my conversation. So like you got to imagine there's thousands of people out there who probably are doing like the exact same thing. I mean, obviously they're not connected at at the same level, but still they're like, man, these articles. So remember support your artist friends in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like you hit, uh, you've definitely hit what I would call critical mass. And so like your, your, your readership, the, your views, your reach will just compound on itself almost endlessly until you've conquered the globe <laughs> world domination is my next goal <laughs> uh, next week on the podcast jessica lamb returns from writer from writer for nerdbot to ruler of the of the known world <laughs> i can dream i can dream. it started with a single article yeah yeah so i don't know if you want to describe what what's it like working for nerdbot it's it's a fun experience. The team I work with is they're fantastic people. They're all really funny. And I mean, they're there for the same reason I am at the end of the day. Like, yeah, you want to get exposure. You want to get your name out there, especially as a writer. It's really important to getting making money off it to making a full time career out of it. But they all are there because they love video games. They love cosplay. And it's fun to interact with them sometimes in our we have like a private writers group on Facebook and we'll just talk about random stuff. We don't even like it's stuff that we don't use for writing, but we just enjoy having that conversation with each other. And they give us a lot of free reign as writers to really express ourselves. And it it's awesome. It's a very relaxed space overall, which was really surprising to me. I thought it was going to be very uptight and I was going to be, oh, don't break the rules or you're going to get like punished. But it it's great. It's great. That's good. Yeah. Some some people don't have that convenience. Yeah. Yeah. I feel very blessed to have what I do because it was, I feel like it really has been a once in a life opportunity, lifetime opportunity for me. So, yeah. Right. And all all it took was for you to inquire about a job. Mm -hmm. That's the craziest part. Just on a random day to be like, Hey, why not? Why not see if they are looking for, you know, volunteer writers to just do whatever you want. 
Just got to dive in, take that risk. No fear. I mean, it's like the podcast. It Mm -hmm. was more so we talked about it, but, you know, Greg was like, well, let's just take a day to Mm -hmm. record a little bit. And then we started our pre-series episodes. And then from there, it was like, okay, not doing it didn't feel right. Like, it it didn't make sense for me to not Mm -hmm. come in here on Sunday and record an episode. And then, of course, once you get that into, like, the hands of the listeners, the the small group of people that were listening to the pre-series to, you know, get some initial feedback, the test audience, basically. Like, once you get that out there, you feel obligated. It's like, you can't stop now. People know that you're doing this. Yeah, there's the expectation. To it. And it's also, we've been, we've been recording now every week for about three months now. Yeah. So we've already been doing this a quarter. Obviously, the main series isn't that far along yet, but, yeah, it's kind of crazy. You know, we're we hit this point and we're like wow we've really been doing this every single week no and there's been no roadblocks either you know it just depends on the time of day because you know greg's sleeping depending on what his sleep schedule is <laughs> yeah yeah uh <laughs> well i am a second shifter but i'm also basically a grizzly bear so i hibernate every day for like 13 hours he's a, he's a second shift worker third shift liver <laughs> <laughs> for real yeah that's how i am too though mm-hmm. so um see what kind of opportunities has working for nearby opened up to you oh i feel like a lot of opportunities i mean i got to go out to pasadena and go to nerdbot con because we do have a convention every year pasadena wow, that was awesome. exciting um and they have a really cool after party they had it at a dave and buster's and it was like in the upstairs area so they had like a bartender and like all this music playing and everyone's partying and I was talking to a guy and we were getting along and then he's just like, yeah, I work on Rick and Morty. I'm like, what? <laughs> Fucking bomb drop. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I'm sorry, you, you do what now? <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I'm, ta- I'm interacting with people. I have no idea they have that kind of influence, but he was one of the guests at the con that year. I, I didn't even know. It's, and then it's, you go out there and it really taught me a lot about the difference in where you live and how that influences, like how people perceive you. Because going out there, a lot of people were like, you're not from California, are you? Mm. I'm like, how can you tell? They're like, just the way you carry yourself. It's different out here. Like out there, it's all about like you present that face. It's what you put on because, you know, that's where all the celebrities are and mm. such. And they're like, you seem more humble and like a little bit more introverted. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not from here. This is all new. <laughs> I'm from the land of normal people. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, uh, uh, see that, that kind of, <laughs> you got to think about it though. It's like her going out would be different than us going out. Cause they'd be like, where the hell are you guys from? <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know. I don't don't know. worry about it. <laughs> I can chill. I can yield in a gutter somewhere. Don't think about it. <laughs> Just kind of appeared. You know, the ooze from Ninja Mutant or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 we were grown from that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, I think it's it's great for connecting with people. I mean, I have business cards from people that uh, produce and work on shows. Uh, my old editor, her husband, actually is one of the main people who does Teen Titans Go. So I, I've got to meet those people, put faces to that kind of work, and it's, it's crazy. It, and it's been so awesome, and I'm so happy that like I can go back and talk to those people and be like, hey, I know you. I made a connection to you, like... I've worked with you, and I think overall as a writer, it's great because when I pursue other projects in the future, I can go back and have these people there as a support base and be like, we've seen you work hard, and we're here to support you as well. So it's always a system of like, I can help them, and they can help me, and that's really cool because that's what I feel like a lot of artists need. 
because helping is fun, right, Greg? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> helping is is helping people help them help you help me. <laughs> it's this never ending cycle of help. Oh my goodness! Everyone wins when we help. Okay, all right. I'm gonna leave the room. You guys can continue by yourself. <laughs> All right, well, is there anything that uh, we haven't touched on that you'd like to, you know, maybe talk about a little bit? I'm sorry that we're kind of like focusing the whole lens on you, but kind of the point of the episode. Oh, yeah. we're gonna profile you. You're yeah. you're you're a person of substance who's doing what they want to do. Substance sounds weird. I'd say a person of interest. But then that almost sounds criminal. <laughs> yeah, that kind of does. You do things. You are significant. How about that? <laughs> that sounds a lot nicer. Yeah. Um. But yeah, is there is there like any any subject matter that like we may have glossed over? You know, I mean, obviously we have more time to talk, so we'll probably round back and find anything that we didn't talk oh, about. Oh, I actually have a question. Um, what's it like? I mean, I mean, obvi- obviously this isn't stuff that you need to go into detail about. But do you, are you, are you you know do you kind of know what the plan for growth is as far as Nerdbot's concerned? Yeah. Um, I've been writing more and more frequently for him. So like my original goal for myself was you got to stop writing two articles a week. You need to write more than two. So now I'm averaging five to six articles a week. And I tried to expand myself out a bit because I primarily write about video games. But I was like, I want to try my hand at writing outside of that box. Um, So I've done like some anime articles. I've reached out and done like reviews of conventions and then I've been doing a lot of like Etsy artist spotlights and such so just to kind of like test how I do in that situation because there's such different things to tackle so I've done that and then I I definitely want to continue with Nerdbot for a while because they've been a really great company to me and super supportive but my ultimate goal is I really wanted to get into um video games and I really want to like do narrative design like help make the plots for RPGs because I'm a huge RPG nerd and that's like the thing I want to do most we need to make a video game version of the podcast I dude if we made a video <laughs> game version of the podcast it would have to be it'd have to start as the podcast and wind up doing like fantasy world stuff or something like that yeah because then when the greg character gets different skins based on all the different nicknames i give you <laughs> like Im- imagine the daddy master senpai costume <laughs> that would be dlc but i wouldn't want to ea it you know i wouldn't want it to be like dollar here dollar there loot box find this like nah. you want this pair of shoes forty dollars no whoa uh-uh. I, okay for clarity's sake i wear the same boots in every outfit so that's not possible <laughs> the shoes are permanent <laughs> <laughs> RPG, you can't change Greg's boots. Why? Because they're his boots. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it is. Um, no, I know. I won't name names because I'm I'm not sure if I can. I'll leave that up to you. But I know that you are writing for another company. Um, do you feel like feel like you're double dipping, or do you feel like it's just more uh, of an? Ex- uh, it's 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 like expanding your audience. You know, it's it's like you were saying, getting outside of that box. Um, I know they focus on different content primarily. So like, what was it like branching out, you know, and making that, that Transitioning into nomad style of work. Yeah. Well, the funny part is it's branching out, but the company, the other company I write for is actually a subset of Nerdbot. That's oh, the wow. hilarious I didn't know part. that. <laughs> so yeah, Anime Circus, that's the anime focused area, but Nerdbot created that. Okay. So it's kind of funny because I still work for them just in a different aspect. So, okay, so you have, you basically just gave yourself another job for the same company, essentially. Yeah, essentially, yep. 
Oh, so, so it's something that's like they can focus more on this area mm-hmm. and kind of keep yep. it. It's it's integral, but it's its own thing, given yeah. that it targets a specific audience. It's like anime. It's like what anime on comicbook.com. Mm-hmm. That's that's a whole separate like page they have, but it's still comicbook.com. Oh yeah, I I always imagine that as Nerdbot continues to grow, we'll just keep getting subsets. Like I'm waiting for the day where Nerdbot has like a separate division that's for specifically video games and such. Because when it seems like when they first started, it was more focusing on like doing reviews of like figures and like nerd toys and like conventions and stuff. And then they just gradually got more into like, well, let's do games. Well, let's do anime. Like all these things are nerds, so do all of them. Mm. Well, there's also it's in the zeitgeist of this culture these kinds of things are becoming more commercially relevant and also more commercially accepted. Mm-hmm. Like I remember growing up anime was cool, but you were also the weird kid at school for liking anime. Mm-hmm. They thought you Naruto run through like every hallway. Ever. Yeah. Ev- every school had that kid though. Yeah. Oh, they so, did actually have that kid. It's true. <laughs> we had, like my school had that kid. We had a few kids like that. Every school has a kid, but it was more so I was just found it weird. Like, Yo, you can be obsessed with Disney, but I can't be obsessed with anime. Yeah. Con- confession time in elementary school, I was that kid. <laughs> <laughs> you Naruto, right? Yeah. Not all the time. Not I'm not surprised. Time. Literally only out at recess playing and having fun. I was off in my oh, imagination. Oh, that's appropriate. But... It's not like running through the halls no, Naruto no, style. No, no. Why is it socially acceptable when you're rating Area 51, though? Dude, I that... don't know. That's just weird. It, was that really socially acceptable or was everyone just kind of, you're either in on the joke or you're la- you're laughing with them or you're laughing at them. Right? So it doesn't, it doesn't matter what's happening. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Man, it's like, you notice how big they're getting it. Like, that's the reason, you know, you know, it's like more anime movies are mm-hmm. getting U.S. theatrical runs because yeah. they're killing at the box office. You know, was it Broly made like a hundred million dollars well, and they had to keep adding dates to the run. Well, Broly had, you know, that that also had the uh, the advantage of having an entire generation of people who were raised on that anime who had hit that point in their yeah, lives. I saw people like, there with their I kids. Have, I, have, I mean, they're getting their kids into it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can't tell me that those kids were like, yeah, take me to see this movie. No, those parents were like, you're going to see this. We're well, also, see uh, what, My Hero, Two Heroes did really well at the box office. And that, you know, My Hero's what? six years old this year or something like that yeah. i think it was like 2014 2015 it came out and how that's grown so much compared to every other franchise and they have that next movie coming out too mm-hmm. so yeah i'm super Maximum excited i mean you're running out of manga to read so i am frustrated <laughs> that was like i i almost like i will i almost don't want to start reading it like i know that all the books you, are don't, you don't want to get to yeah that. i'm gonna get through well, all i don't know how they're waiting. gonna change it because apparently they're they're hawks is in the new movie and it's supposed to take place like like arc several arcs after where we're at so we don't know how that's going to affect the anime yet so they might they might change things around i mean they've been doing a good job at not completely manipulating how you know typical anime do like they don't they don't have an entire filler arc yet so yeah and they also don't it's not a it's not a you know 365 all year round series like a lot of anime started out at like because that that was usually trying to it's like you just went all year round that's what um I think the voice actress, the Japanese voice actress who does Goku mm-hmm. for the original series, she said that it was, they didn't even record the animation for the most part because they were doing the series while simultaneously releasing a movie a year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so they, they recorded and then animation after the fact. And she said yeah. it, it really affected it because it seemed like, you know, it didn't seem natural and it seemed weird at first. Yeah. When you upon listen, because it was like there was just happening that much. It was like episode every week, movie every year, constantly recording dialogue. 
But my hero is taking the approach of like, oh, we'll do the series or do the season and then we'll work on it and then release the next one. Yeah. Wait, you're saying you don't like like when Naruto had three seasons straight of filler? You don't Mm -hmm. like that? I don't even remember how far (laughs) I've gotten in Naruto. I hadn't watched it since like it was when it first started airing in the States. And then I saw what it grew to and I'm just like, I might get back to it. Eventually. I, w- I want to get into One Piece, but I just don't know that. It's... That's like a 900 episode endeavor. Yeah, it's, like so it's, it's approaching a thousand episodes, and they have 20 movies. I mean, I'm up for the challenge, but I but just that's don't a big I've... challenge. Yeah, that's so much media to consume. You, it, it really wouldn't be that hard because all you'd have to do is watch three episodes a day for a year straight, and you'd get caught up. Oh wow! I wouldn't Assu- be assuming you're watch, like assuming eight. you're watching subbed because the dub they just continued doing the dub again, and the dub's only in the 500s. Okay. Yeah. So good news for me because I prefer dubs. I know a lot yes. of people will hate me for I it, prefer but it's dubs. okay. Are you? Ah, right. oh, that's a, a question. Are you subs or dubs? Yeah, I prefer subs. <gasps> but the problem is that I primarily watch anime with Connor, my boyfriend, and he likes dubs, which is causing us a huge problem right now since my hero has that problem where the simul dub isn't working now. So like two episodes yeah, are out they, that are only delay. subbed, and I can't watch them. <laughs> because connor's like i can't keep up with what it's saying for those for those who don't know which is everybody connor is in the room and when that came up he gave me the biggest thumbs up <laughs> yeah i don't know i think it's just for me it's mostly with dub i just it sounds more natural to me i also don't have to read but also there are certain casts that are just perfect like the yu yu Hakusho funimation dub is by far like that's one of those few dubs I say that is perfection. Like there are very few things that top that. And I actually just learned that um Oh, what's his name? Who? What is what Who plays Yusuke? You're Justin the something. Wrong person, dude. You, you know <laughs> I'm me. I'm the face. <laughs> I, I, I tell I, you, man, I don't want to know their names. Justin I just Justin Cook, it. that's who it is. That was the first show he directed. He was the ADR director as well as the star. Huh. And this, it was also the second anime that they got licensed for because all they had was Dragon Ball Z and their team was small. Hence why, you know, the entire cast, everyone plays like 8 million characters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was the first one he did. And I think I saw somewhere he was like, he's only like 36 or 37. So he was doing it at this at like 1920 or something like that when he was the director of that show. I always make the joke when you look at credits on any anime, I'm like, Justin Cook is probably there somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah, Laura Bailey. He, 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 yeah, those two are or uh, or Christopher Sabat. Their yeah. names, if it's Funimation, they're somewhere doing something. He is he is one of the primary reasons why I prefer dubs over subs. If if I could be watching any anime and I'm like dubs subs doesn't really matter too much. If you get the Funimation cast though, like yeah. certain people you watch, like oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah I'm gonna watch it for them. Chris Sabat plays like three characters. Fuck the subs. Like, I'm <laughs> listening to this. Oh yeah, and that's the thing. Like I, I prefer subs, but there's some anime I do watch completely dubbed, and I, I enjoy it. I don't really think I have a problem with the English voice actors overall. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think they're awesome, but it's just I grew up watching a lot of subs because there really wasn't that much dubbed. Yeah, so. I think it's my my thing was always I wouldn't have as much of a problem if it they didn't take that um, I'm a vegan approach. Oh yeah, like it's so superior. Like, I, like, like they're like they're a higher being because you know I'm it's it's authentic to watch it this way. Oh okay, gosh. whatever. I do like the jokes that they create though. It's like when people ask people who watch uh, subs or who watch subs, uh, how do you watch the show? all the animation and read the uh the subtitles at the same time and it's just like a picture of Sasuke with like his his string gun going <laughs> off. 
I see everything. <laughs> uh, there's always that age-old battle, it seems like, mm-hmm. in every like subset of nerd culture, just like the computer master race, you mm-hmm. know? Why be computer master race or an Xbox bro or a PC bro when you could just play them all? Right? That's how I how I view it. Like, There's still some animes I still watch subbed over dubbed, but... Yeah. Why is there so much interculture tension in all these different things? I don't understand it. There's no reason to. If you give someone a choice, they will fight and die for it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it's true, especially because like I mostly play PlayStation. Like that's mm-hmm. I grew up playing PlayStation games. That's what I know. But like Connor, he's an Xbox person. It's like, well, we're at <laughs> odds on this one. But I mean, at the end of the day, does it really matter that much? It's <laughs> funny. It seems like I, I see more Xbox hate than I see PlayStation hate, mainly because Xbox, you can make a, you can make up so many funny names. Like, I heard someone call it X-Bone or something like yeah. that. Or Sexbox or... <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's, that's that generally has something to do with, like, the uh, the people that play on those. You know, generally when uh, a parent buys something for... This is, at least from my perspective, this is where all the hate comes from, is, like, when a parent buys their kid a Christmas gift and it's a video game console, it's always, like, an Xbox you know, if they're a small kid, it's like a Nintendo. But like, if they're like, like in early teens, they buy them Xboxes. When I was a teenager, what did my dad buy me? A fucking Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's the thing. It's the, it's also I think the association with the kind of people who Xbox. Like Chad's and Kyle's play Xbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While while drinking Monster and punching drywall. For real. So it's it's like there's there's also like the different you know personas that are attached to certain yeah. things that. You know, yeah, just like they always say that like playstations are like the weebs in the basement i well i i yeah, I mean that's where all like the the Final Fantasy games live for the oh, most yeah. part, you know yeah. that's where all the i'm gonna say all the best rpgs are on playstation <laughs> or what was it uh when um when donald glover was in Derek comedy was the bro rape video or is he <laughs> lured his friend with a natty ice and gamecube and that just <laughs> so good <laughs> Man, it's crazy to see how he went from that to to what he is now. Yeah, yeah, to just being amazing mm-hmm. and almost unfairly too talented. Saw a picture of him like a year or so ago with like the Infinity Gauntlet on his hand, and every stone was like one of the 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 accolades you, you could say that he's achieved. You know, it's like oh yeah, because he does <laughs> he does all the, all this stuff. <laughs> was it uh, you know you know my, one of my favorite things that happened in the history of video games is the phases that. Nintendo experiences because I remember a lot of people used to make fun of the Wii and then the Wii U and then the Switch comes out and I was like was that just a hard flex like it was like it didn't look like any of the previous systems and they're like oh hey by the way it turns into a handheld eat me yeah it's like oh (laughs) I was like wow you guys really like the Wii the Wii U those are baby consoles oh word Switch get some Nintendo's just off doing their own thing mm-hmm. while, you know, Xbox and PlayStation are busy battling each other eternally. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, in, uh, what was it, Godzilla 2014, I think, you know, it's like Xbox and PlayStation are Godzilla and the, and the, the kaiju fighting, and, and Nintendo's over there like, <laughs> let them fight, <laughs> while, they're, <laughs> while they're designing the Switch. <laughs> Now I, I like I like observing gamer culture mainly because I don't game, so it's like it's really interesting to see like how that world interacts with each other. Which is funny, actually, you know, I've always been kind of interested to like get into music and sound design for video games. Correction, you don't game yet. I don't. I don't <laughs> game yet. You live in proximity to me. You will game. <laughs> I, I will game at least once. But no, I've, I've always I've always taken an interest in like wanting to do that eventually because I w- I've always liked the approach of like how would I handle working on a video game project, not gaming. Yeah. Because, you know, 
when it came out that Nintendo avoids hiring avid gamers, I was like, what? And then they explained it like, yeah, typically if we hire gamers, they just want to work on the same thing and perfect the same thing. We're about innovation. Gamers don't want to innovate. But also I saw one of my favorite artists, um, independent hip hop artist Dose One, he started getting into that. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I realized he worked on some pretty popular indie games. Like he did the music for Enter the Gungeon and Gang Beasts. And I was just like, I was like, I'd heard him, and then I'd, I'd like bring him up, and like, oh, I know what that is, and I looked at him, and I was like, oh, wow, so these things are kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. But also, I also like the kind of advent of indie games, you know, just because like I like a lot of, you know, I like indie music and indie film. And then when I saw this started to pop up, I was like, oh, okay, because like you know when st- when Steam came out, and it's like, oh, all these independent yeah. makers could have actual platform to distribute without you know having to deal with the stuff of being a major corporation so i feel like you need to dip into all the all the different styles of gaming the the console wars it's like when when it comes to pc gaming like that's there's like three or four like big titles that i play but the rest of it is like all indie games all smaller stuff that isn't like everywhere you know like uh, i mean it just came to switch so it's not really like smaller indie anymore but like risk of rain 2 that was that was amazing while while i wasn't interested in it yeah, and it's kind of funny because, like, when it comes to my job, as a gamer, it can be hard writing about games because mm. you asked me to write about Kingdom Hearts. No problem. I love it. I'm a huge fan of the series. always have been. I, it's but... easy. But you now you ask me to write about, like, a game like Realm Royale. I don't play Battle Royale games. They they don't interest me. They never interest me. The Fortnite hype, that went right over my head. So now you're asking me to write about a game that I don't play and I don't enjoy, but I'm going to do my best to put, like, that excitable hype onto it that mm. I can. So when it comes to those things, I end up having to go on the internet and like look for people that enjoy those games and talk positively about those games and try to embrace that. Because I'm like, for me, if you want me to write it, I'm going to be like, yeah, this sucks. I don't like it. <laughs> if you want my honest opinion, this yeah. game's trash. <laughs> yeah. I, re- I remember when Fortnite came out and there were literally two sides, people that loved it and it, the people that was the bane of their existence. Yeah. So I was like, I've never seen anything more divisive. And the fact that people were, you know, all those tournaments were people making insane amounts of money. Their parents hiring coaches, Fortnite coaches for their kids, paying them like 50 bucks an hour. Yeah. I'm like, this is getting borderline dangerous. It's almost like, you know, how they tell kids, don't put all your chips on trying to be an athlete. It's like, no, don't try to put your chips on being a professional gamer because it, it might not work out and it probably won't work out. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I would never play those games personally, but I've wrote about Fortnite. I've wrote about Apex Legends. I've wrote about Call of Duty, and I don't play Call of Duty. But I feel you on that. I hate Fortnite so goddamn much. And it's not because of the game. <laughs> it's, it, it's not because of the game or the people. It's like I have no problems with that. It's it's because of Epic Games. These, these mm, I, okay, they shut down the greatest MOBA of all time so that they could focus their staff on Fortnite, which is like, obviously, it's the better business decision because it pulled in all that money, but like, ah. You betrayed me. <laughs> Are you still upset about Paragon? I will never stop being upset about Paragon <laughs> until it comes back. <laughs> well, there was also the... Um, I noticed that trend where everyone was kind of adopting the Battle Royale thing and mm-hmm. putting it in places it didn't need to be. And everyone yeah. was like, look, we don't have fun playing these. Leave these to those kids over like, there who just like stop. it. Yeah. Fallout 76 has a Battle Royale. Oh, I was like, man. that's... Whew. <laughs> Todd, stop. Yeah, I played Fallout 76 when it first came out, like pre-ordered it and all that. Man, was that a mistake overall? Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the game. I think the game has some really great aspects. But yeah, there's some real trash going on in there too. And I think they're trying too hard to be too many things. There were people that straight up formed a a damn hate group in 76. I thought that was wild. I was like, okay, this is too much. 
where'd you people come from? I thought the RPG fans were better than this. Right? <laughs> we were wrong. <laughs> we were so wrong. You know, it's that commercial trends always trump anything else. Mm-hmm. Something gets popular. Everyone has to make it now. Ev- yeah. Everyone's got to do it. They're all just PUBG clones. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's about that time. About that time for the best part of our show, mm-hmm. water break. And that's so it. <laughs> yeah, get your water bottles, folks. sentence yeah (laughs) (laughs) um all right so uh welcome back to the prefer not to say podcast i hope you enjoyed your water stay hydrated it's important um we'll just dive right back into it uh let's talk about something other than uh your writing career so i know um i know you know we all know at least we all here know that you you cosplay like professionally you like you you make and sell cosplay items so would you like to tell us a little bit about that like what like i don't want to say like what's your uh what's your range or your reach but like what's it like building props for other people or like doing commissions or anything like that honestly it's incredibly frustrating but also incredibly enjoyable it's a weird dichotomy but yeah i started off doing cosplay quite a few years ago went to a convention the first time i ever went to a convention i didn't cosplay at all I saw these people and I'm like, man, this is cool. I want to do something like this. And that's like you start looking into it and it's so much work. I'm like, well, I don't know how to sew. I'm not good at sewing. Like, But I just started slowly making small pieces here and there. And then before you knew it, me and my best friend, we were making costumes together to go to conventions. And we find it very, very enjoyable. And I found that I especially have a passion for like building props, especially like weapons and armor and such. I, I enjoy that a lot. So I was like, why not make it something that I can use to make money as well? Yeah, it's definitely, 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 um, is a passion that is, uh, I don't want to say front loaded. It has a lot of stuff that you have to teach yourself Mm -hmm. as you do it. It's something you have to kind of stick with. It's daunting at first. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Like, you go from, I had no experience sewing at all, like, none. It's like, now I have my own sewing machine and such, and I never thought I'd get to a point where I had anything like that. And, like, trying to look, oh, I gotta build these double, like, modified pistols for a cosplay. Well, how am I gonna do that? Like, you're looking at all the work, and you're like, this is gonna take me forever. But I learned that the best way is I just stop thinking about it in terms of, like, the final product. And I'm just like, well, if I could get this part done tonight, Mm -hmm. then... And suddenly it's been five hours and I'm like, whoa, where did the time go? But it, it's enjoyable. I love it. I love seeing other people cosplay. I love seeing people like wearing stuff that I make and I love wearing my own stuff. It's it's one of those hobbies that it's self-serving in a way because I do it because I really like looking cool too. But mm-hmm. it, it definitely is a, a form of expression that, uh, that allows you to kind of go out there and like flex your ideas yeah you know because like everybody or well not everybody a lot of people i see that cosplay they will take a character and they, they'll either a they'll just step into that character's shoes so that they can walk around and be like i am master chief or i am mario or whoever but i i personally like when people 
take an idea, they'll take a character, and then they'll put their own artistic spin on it. That's that's what I like to see the most. But yeah, it's definitely a great place place to uh, express your creativity. Oh yeah, and it's cool, especially like they don't get a lot of people coming up to them. But the people that make up their own characters based on something like somebody takes the concept of like my hero and the quirks and makes their own hero. Mm. I think that's so cool. Like, yeah, you're not going to have a lot of people coming up to you because they don't know who you are because it's your own character. But the fact that they think up that concept and make a costume for it is just amazing to me. I always find the gender flips really interesting. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like like when, you know, they're like, like girls who do their take on All Might. And I'm like... That's really interesting. Oh, like Cheermite? Yeah. Oh, yeah the, uh, no, uh, yeah, that's, uh, oh, what's her name? I think it's Miryoku Cosplay. I think that's what her handle is. Yeah, it's like she has this, she has, she has like three different versions of All Might. She has like the traditional All Might. She has one like in a bathing suit, and then she has this one that looks like a cheerleader. That's so cool. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really interesting. And then I see other ones like, you know, what was another one? I don't know, there's so many of them, and there's so many articles posted about these, like, oh, check out this gender flip of this character, and I'm like, how'd you think of that? Because it's always, there's always really interesting modifications that you wouldn't think to make to a character or a costume. Oh, yeah. Or, or there's, like, you know, people who, like, combine two different things. Like, I think one of my favorites is when, um, anytime they combine Prince with anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, was it, there was the Prince Power Ranger. I think there was a couple of them. I think there was one that was, like, a <laughs> what was it? I can't remember. I think there was a couple more, but yeah, that one just always stuck out because it was like it was like purple Power Ranger mask, mm-hmm. but like dresses purple rain version of Prince. I'm like, who just sits around and thinks of that? Like, I'm gonna be a Power Ranger, but I'm also gonna be Prince. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's cool because I've got to see both sides of the spectrum. Like I tend to do um ace from one piece a lot and do different costumes, which obviously he's a male, but I do a female version. So it's like the ba- at the base, like he's shirtless. Well, that's going to be problematic. <laughs> You're like, um, I can't really quite do that. Yeah. So doing like modifications to that. And then also I've had characters that I just straight out go as a guy. Mm. Like I've dressed up as Noctis in his Moogle Chocobo festival outfit before. And I was a guy during it. So I wonder who's going to do the, uh, the Miss Midnight Vigilantes outfit cosplay. Oh, that's going oh, to be banned. That's going to be banned unless they do, unless they abide by rules. Cause when I found out about that, I was like, oh, so she's wearing a trench coat and a belt and that's it. <laughs> that is just crazy. It's crazy. Some of the stuff I've seen at conventions though. Like I'm mm-hmm. like, you're practically naked. Mm-hmm. I, like anybody who cosplays mystique. It's, it's like, yeah. it's like those little nipple covers and then body paint. Body paint everywhere. <laughs> yep. Well, speaking of that, I, I've noticed, get, like, doing more research on it, I've noticed, when, especially when it comes to the the women in the cosplay community, I've seen three different types. There are the ones who do stick with traditional cosplays, the ones where they do both, they'll do, you know, the regular, but they also do, like, the sexy one, but then there are the ones who are just appropriating the culture. Yeah. How, how do you feel about that? Like, you know the the big one you know, uh, <laughs> you know don't say the old... name don't say that name i don't want that bad pr but <laughs> uh this the very specific cosplayer who sold their bathwater online oh <laughs> yes yeah how do you how do you feel about those kinds of people i mean i try to be one of those people that's like do you like in life but it's hard because I feel like those are the examples of something that gives this culture a bad name. Cosplays become more and more socially acceptable. It used to be, you know, even in our parents' generation, it would have been like, oh, you're such a nerd. You live in your basement with your parents if you do this kind of thing. And now it's cool to see it growing and growing. And I choose to think that 
it's it's like a lot of things. There's people that have negative things to say, but I I'm like I don't care if you're a bigger person. And you want to wear like a, a costume of a skinnier character, vice versa. And there's people out there that will hate people for that. And I'm like, no, that's not what it is. The heart of what this is is it's supposed to be because you enjoy that. You like these characters. They mean something to you. The show means something to you. That's what it is. It should be a community of people that we're just here because we all want to have fun together. And the the appropriation, it's it's really challenging as a cosplayer to watch it happening because I feel like a lot of people get discouraged from ever trying cosplay because of it. Because they think, well, if they're not a certain body type or a certain way, why bother? And that's not how it should be. And there are cosplayers, I'm not going to say their names, but like professional ones that I feel like really kind of continue that sentiment and they really should be using that platform for to tell everyone hey you all are welcome here well there there is something to be said well there's the ones who encourage that but also make an effort to actually become the characters in the aspect like i see like when i see it i'm like you know putting the work into actually look like a character it's like man that's impressive and it is cool one thing i really like is i've been seeing a lot of black people going as all might yeah. I think that's really cool, but there's something about it that I'm just like, there's something that seems really cool about this, but I can't pinpoint it. Maybe it's just like the hair on that skin color. I think it's I think it's the hair because like uh, I'll have to show you a video of it. But there's a there's a it, it's not intentionally like cosplay. I mean, he kind of just puts on like a a, a bodysuit. This guy's like Jack, so he didn't really like, need like a muscle suit. But it's in one of these. Uh, so he just looked like all my <laughs> yeah. It's one of these one of these videos on Facebook, and it's a, it's this, this fairly dark black guy, and he's got like the. Uh, like when Cisco's hair was like super neon blonde, you know it was, I, think it was, I think he did like platinum or silver. Anyways, or his, his like hair that. is like it's almost like ramen noodle colored, you know. <laughs> ramen noodle, but but it, it works so <laughs> it well, works. you know. And and the, he just looks, um, he's like, and he didn't he didn't just do like all. He's also got like he still got his bling in his ears, so he's he's like he, he looks great. He's is cool, what I'm mate. To say. Yeah, he's cool, mate. <laughs> I'll have to show you that because he he looks amazing. But bridging off of what you were saying about like um, about cosplaying and like your body and stuff, uh, cos- uh, cosplaying, at least from my perspective, is something that really like opened me up to approaching people, or not mm-hmm. really approaching people, but interacting with like strangers. Yeah. Because the first time I ever cosplayed, I uh, I cosplayed Tyrese from The Walking Dead, and like I'm a big fella, but this was when I was at like my heaviest. You know, and uh, I was like, man, I don't look anything like this guy because he's like built and muscular and I'm just like this, this chubby dude. Well, if you'd ask like, some people, you look just like him. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's uh, when I was there, you know, a couple people kept pulling me away from my group. Like, hey, we want to take a picture of you. We already we know you're Tyrese. Like, I, I guess I just fit the bill perfectly. And that really like helped my self-esteem, you know, so like people who are out there like, oh, I can't I can't cosplay this person because I don't look like them fuck it cosplay it i guarantee you somebody will appreciate it even if they don't approach you and ask for like a picture or something yeah and that's the thing like at the base of it like it's crazy because like a lot of people will be like well especially when you're starting out like well my skills aren't the greatest yet because you it takes time and practice and they'll be like oh no one's gonna know know who i am i always say like there's only like one or two elements on each character needed for someone to recognize them like Mm -hmm. there's things that stand out like if you're wearing a scouter someone's gonna know you're from dragon ball Mm -hmm. like that's just I actually saw, uh, what was it, Um, I think I showed you this, some, like, fitness person who's popular online, I think her name's Abby Polak, if I remember correctly, she went as Bulma, but, like, first season DBZ with, like, the, uh, what was it, the blue tube top and the white shorts. Oh, yeah. 
and she looked just like her. Yeah. She had the and she had the scouter on because that's when she like like uh, was working on that scouter that had mm-hmm. been left behind. Yeah. And I was like, it's amazing how some people are literally like you are this character. Yeah, even Some sometimes just, just it's just wearing clothes that are the right colors for that part. Like, oh, I'm wearing a white shirt and blue pants. Oh, you're that character. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Now, we still have to work on you harnessing actual dark matter for yes, our cosplay. I, I, I need to be able to shut out the light around me and become be the darkness. amorphous being. Yeah, so I can be Dark Shadow. For those who don't know, we plan on going as Tokuyami in Dark Shadow from My Hero Academia. We thought it was a great like two-person cosplay, but really it's just an excuse for me to flex on his wife and spend the entire day hugging my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) And I can just say I am so excited for like the big group we're doing for my hero because that's so awesome. Oh yeah, gonna roll in like twenty deep. We are class one (laughs) A. No, I've always I've always said it's like whenever we have stupid money, we should just get a massive group of people to reenact an episode. That is that is my dream. We're, no, we're, awesome. re, just reenact the licensing exam. Mm. Just <laughs> except legit in just some random city. I would we'll probably love, get in a lot of trouble for it, but who cares? I would love to just grab like forty people and just deck them out in the the most authentic cosplay gear and then do just, it at the Grand Canyon. Yeah, think about it. You just <laughs> you have like all the scenery and stuff that you'd need because that like fits the area. I mean, you'll get be the correct like, special effects and pyrotechnics. And and <laughs> okay, we're just we're just trying to create a fan made film here now. <laughs> exactly. I'm just imagine- how those poor park rangers at the Grand Canyon <laughs> feel. What's, what's going on down there? <laughs> They're looking like, are they? What? Are those explosions? <laughs> oh man, when cosplays go too far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, when cosplays go exactly far enough, that's what that one is. I'm gonna have a real hard time trying to figure out how to make it look like I'm literally creating matter. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I always find it interesting. The best part is when you see like the guests from wherever they might be are just normal people. Oh yeah. They, ne- they so never cool. do it. They never do themselves. I'm like, you voice this character. You probably don't want to dress as this character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a shame though. Cause they could like, or when the celebrities, they, they cosplay stuff in like full suits and disguise themselves and they walk around comic con as a air quotes, normal person. Oh yeah. I love I, that. I've <laughs> know, I've know from doing a lot of reading. that's like, you have to, the festival circuit's really weird, and there is a heavy set of rules for everybody mm-hmm. in the industry. Like, like, the, like most places, you're contracted. You're not allowed to go to any con you're not appearing in. Yeah, that that's that's an actual rule. That's rough. Yeah, there's a, there's also a bunch. Yeah, there's a bunch of other rules. Like, you know, yeah, I don't remember much of them, but yeah, there's a lot of really weird rules when it comes to the the convention circuit. And that's why I would just full body suit and just disappear and appear at some <laughs> random disappear. show. You know, like you can't go to Comic Con in this area because you're not appearing at it. It's, uh, it's, I think it comes yes, from I mostly am. being contracted to a company you're representing. It's mm-hmm. you have to be careful on you know what's going on. Well there's also I mean other issues, especially if there's other issues going on like the whole you know when the Weinstein thing happened, and then out of nowhere, there were a lot of those reports of what's the name of Vic Minogna. Oh, that con- mm-hmm. yeah, that controversy that happened, and it's like, oh, you got to be really careful what you're doing, yeah. even if you're just in public. Because when I heard about that, I was like, why, why, why did it have to, why did it have to tip into this industry? But then I found out apparently that's especially like in the Japanese side of the industry, it's like sexual harassment is like a normal thing. Yeah, yeah, like it's a problem. I'm like, man, why do dudes have to be creeps? 
the Vic one is so hard for me too because I've been a fan of his work for a long time. I mean, <coughs> what, my favorite anime of all time is Full Metal Alchemist, and I mean he's Ed Elric, so I'm a and, huge and the worst part is like you see him in interviews or you see like videos of appearances or if you see him, it's like he seems like such a nice guy, and yeah. then when like the voice actresses who came out, like yeah, this is what happened, and all their stories were lining up, and I'm like. Uh, why do men have to be creeps? Yeah, and I've so met him trash. many times. Like, like I've cool. talked to Vic a lot of times over the years, and he's a super nice guy. Like, he was always really nice. It's just all the stuff comes out, and you're like, oh, I guess you don't know. Like, you don't see that side of the industry. So I just want to know why is it only doors? guys that are creeps? It's never, it's never the ladies. It's always I, guys. Who are I mean, creeps. I do remember. Uh, it was a year or two ago. Um, there is a cosplayer I follow, and she was under hot water for sexual assault. Wait, is it Momo? Momo oh, cosplay. My goodness. Yeah, she's a. She was like the thing that made her big is she was a bigger girl and she did a lot of um really sexy cosplays and was all about, you know, like you can be like this too and it's okay, going back to the whole like acceptance for everyone in this culture. And I remember she was under fire for sexual assault for a while. People were saying that she, that she was touching their butts, grabbing their boobs in the bathroom, and that was That's a big weird. and I was shocked because you don't see women being targeted for that kind and, of thing often. And then that Snapchat went around. Yep. That got yeah. blown out. Uh she basically uh, sent a rather risque picture to another cosplayer and said so there's something along the lines of, sorry I molested you at Comic-Con, but yeah. here's this to make up for it. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> it was real crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess with any industry you, you kind of align yourself with, it's there's always the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think it's, I don't think that it's not that uh, there aren't, like, females in power who do who do the same thing that creepy men do it's i just, just think that when a, a, a female does that the guy on the receiving end probably isn't gonna complain and that's why yeah. it doesn't get like brought up they're just like ah oh, i'm just happy to whatever when they really should just have some more self-respect and be like you should just you know you know but. yeah it's not so much a problem of not everyone doing it because people on both sides are doing it i think it's more mm-hmm. the culture wants to villainize men more for it than women which it happens a lot, which uh, there's, there's sucks. always a double standard. Yeah. Actually, speaking of that, you know, I was actually meant to ask, what's it like being a girl in like you're you're in a position of almost like power authority. and influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you almost have an authority over you know things that are being talked about. What's that like being that probably like a decade or two ago, you know, websites probably wouldn't be looking for a female writer. Yeah, it, it's. It's crazy. I mean, it. I've gotten into this like industry in a very good time because even there's there's female writers in like the gaming industry, and I listen to their podcast, and they talk about like, yeah, back in my day, they wanted me as a writer just because I was a woman. They didn't care about my skill. They didn't care mm. about my knowledge. That at that time, it was it was a male dominated industry. Mm. They just wanted a pretty picture yeah, to slap they just, at the top. Yeah, of Yeah, they just article. wanted a woman. That's what they wanted because they're like, look, we have this. Other companies don't have this, and now it's become far more equal i mean there's a ton of female gamers and a ton of females in the industry and i think that part like makes it easy in a way because i don't feel like i have that stigma anymore of like Mm -hmm. you're a woman you don't know what you're talking about in the gaming industry because nowadays it's like yeah you probably know about some things and other things more than some other people might but i feel like there are still instances where you know it's hard being a gamer's fun but the culture can be difficult because you're talking about 
for instance, I'm talking about a franchise I'm not familiar with very much. Like, say I do want to have a discussion about Fortnite. Well, there's going to be those people that that's all they play is yeah, Fortnite. It's it's definitely male dominated. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, they're still stuck in Xbox Live. Yeah. Wait. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, and well, the, you don't know what you're talking about. And that's when you just have to try to be like, no, like I've done my research. Even if I don't play it myself, I've done my research and I can say, like, take this stance with some form of authority. So, yeah, I mean, so essentially, you know, it's it's still there, but it's not it's not as much of a, pro- a problem as it could be. Oh, no, we've I think we've come a really long way. Or just and like it's in nerd awesome. culture in general. Yeah. I, I, it's amazing how more entrepreneur entrepreneurial women can be as opposed to men, because men are men's the one group we can't cosplay for money or have that presence of like, like, you know, the amount of cosplayers who have patreons who are who have like two thousand patrons at like a minimum of like two to three bucks yeah i mean that's just... we discussed this in the pre-series yeah men, ru- men ruined that market for themselves a long time ago mm-hmm. because we're, they're just willing to go shirtless mm-hmm. in, in profile <laughs> pictures yeah guys you need to take it back put the clothes on stop showing off your fucking bodies let's make a market out of this <laughs> yeah, again <right? laughs> like you're giving away for free what can help you pay for whatever problems you're having it's like i always say Ladies have options. There's no reason a lady should have to financially struggle. There are options. Unless you don't want to do that type of work. Well, yeah, and also if you have that, there's that societal influence like, oh, like you shouldn't be doing this. Like, why? Mm -hmm. It pays the bills. It should be respected than any other shitty job that probably doesn't pay enough. Right. I mean, just just because you're like showing off like what you were blessed with doesn't mean that you're not, you know. I mean, a factory worker selling their body to a goddamn company just to assemble parts or to like produce some material, you know, that's no different. I mean, the ideal should always be, in my opinion, that you do something, either you work for yourself because that's what you want to do, or you do something that means something to you. Ideally, you want to do something, and it doesn't always work for everyone. I mean, most factory <coughs> workers, I doubt that's what they want to do, but mm. there's always an opportunity to try to do something that means something to you. Well, there's, there's opportunities. That's, that's one of the reasons we started this podcast. We want to influence people to do what you want. There are, it's the internet age. There are endless possibilities. And everything, every skill can be utilized. There's always somebody who's willing to pay money to, to see what you make or to participate in what you're creating or something. People pay photos to see people's feet. There's opportunities. (laughs) Yo, yo, people buy feet pics. I mean, it's, it's it's a crazy time we live in. People you know? buy used water. Come on, you can think of something. People pay to have people come cuddle them. It's that yeah, that I saw that for the first time on Facebook the other day and it blew my mind. Yeah, there's, there's professional a Grand cuddlers. Rap, yeah, there's a Grand Rapids cuddle community. I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's definitely an issue. There's there's plenty of money to be made. You don't have to fit the mold of what society laid out in the industrial age. And that's one of the reasons we want to have you on as a guest because like all the things you're doing. You know, obviously, it's like, you know, you work a full-time job along with all this stuff. Yeah. So, it's like, you know, there's so much of it. But, you know, when there's a point to transition, you know, that creates even more opportunity. Yeah. I mean, you know, this this is just like, you know, the tip of the iceberg now. But, mm-hmm. you know, where where will you be five years from now? If we ever get, I, like, big, big – I don't mean to interrupt you, but if we ever get, like, big, big, I'm going to do that. I'm going to – I'm gonna I'm gonna like put a camera in your hands and be like we're gonna go I'm going to one of these cuddle groups. <laughs> we'll do an episode like yeah. what Greg experienced as a professional cuddler. Oh, I thought you were gonna say something like you're gonna do a Patreon and be like, give me ten bucks and I'll send you a shirtless pic or something. Oh my God. I was I'll, like, what? I'll, I'll do that right now. Anybody that's listening, fucking tw- not ten dollars, twenty dollars, twenty dollars, twenty dollars to do a shirtless pic. Hold, hold on, we gotta make it. I gotta make it worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, so, Feet pics are ten dollars though. 
<laughs> I actually was in a bar a few summers ago wearing like flip flops in summer, mm-hmm. and I had some random guy come up to me and be like, "I'll give you twenty dollars if you let me take a picture of your foot." Did you do uh, it? I did. <laughs> <laughs> no shame in it. I was like, "What Hell do I yeah. have to lose? It's a foot." Right. Well, also, it's like someone randomly come out of here. Can I give you money just to take a picture of one part of your body that no one else will recognize? Absolutely. Why not? What do Every I time. have to lose? Somebody walked up to me and was like, I'll give you $20 if you let me take a picture of your left ass cheek. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you're doing with that picture. That's $20. <laughs> yeah. There are too many odd ways to make money these days that mm-hmm. are not being taken advantage of. <laughs> with that being said, uh, so... Aside from the stuff we already talked about, is there anything you want to talk about? Any other products you have going on that you want to talk about? Or anything for the future that you have planned? I mean, I hope people will head on over to NerdBot and check out my work and see. I'm hoping to have a lot of good new com- content coming. I mean, with all the rumors about the new Assassin's Creed game, I'm hoping I'll be able to cover that soon. And of mm-hmm. course, we just had the DLC for Kingdom Hearts come out. And I really have a lot of things to say about that I want to write about. So... I hope people will go over and check out NerdBot in general because they have some cool content on there. But I'm hoping to do some more cosplay work here in the future when my life isn't chaos. But <laughs> So then I'll be doing that as well, which that's getting a hold of me personally, just under Jessica Lamb. Yeah. Um, are there any forecasting? Is there anything aside from the cosplay NerdBot that you want to talk about or that you might have planned maybe not necessarily right now but maybe in the next i don't know over the next couple years or so i mean i'm hoping in a few years to have the chance to like find the people i need to maybe make an indie game that'd be cool like i'd like to write for it like write the script out and all Mm -hmm. the dialogue and then find people that are good at all the other things you need to make a game because i'm not good at like programming or anything but But i know who is yeah right (laughs) i tell people all the time it's like you could just you know, it's like I, I, I don't have all too many skills to myself, but there's one thing I definitely do have. And it is the ability to like instantly recognize somebody's talents and see like, well, I have a friend that does this and I have a friend that does that. And I'm going to link these two together so that they can work on a project like I'm, I'm, I'm a weird middleman. <laughs> I mean, I think I think it's a good goal. I came across on another podcast I listened to. It's called Faking Notes Podcast, and it's these two dudes. They uh, they're Juilliard graduates, so a lot of it is just talking about like, you know, navigating as professional musicians, and then just like other topical things. And they have guests with friends of theirs who like you know all all typically do have pretty interesting careers themselves. And they had um, one guest on. I think her name was Megan Carnes. She's a composer, but she also um, she makes her own games. And she, I haven't played it yet, but I've been meaning to. There's this one, it's a, I think it's kind of like a, because I think the style is kind of like um, a visual novel style game. There's one called Interview, where she um, composed all the music for, and I think she did, uh, I think she did some of the programming, but I, th- I think it was in like a visual language and not actual coding. But uh, yeah, and it, um, <clears throat> and throughout the game, it's just, it, it's like, it's almost like this job interview thing, and based on your answers, it, Come, it creates like because she has all these music stems that based on your questions form an entire piece at the end mm-hmm. and there's like all different combinations and then she also goes in to talk about how she actually kind of runs this kind of like um kind of like co-op meetup thing for girls who want to get into the gaming industry because mm-hmm. the, she talks about how hard it is in the attitudes of the male dominated side of the industry yeah. and she's making she's actually working on another one now um i think it's called divinuet or something like that it has to it's um it's a game that has to do with uh, tarot cards. 
I don't I don't remember what the base the entire base of it, but it has tarot cards and she's composing like music for all this stuff and like putting it together. And I just thought of it and I was like, that's really cool. Like, you know, in an industry where, you know, there are only so many opportunities for certain people getting out there now with technology, anybody can make anything. Yeah. So you're not, you're not dependent on the company. So it's like, you know, I think goals like that are good to have, especially if you can get the right team. Cause I think it's her, it's her doing it primarily herself with like, I think she has like some help on the programming side, but. Oh yeah. I just think that'd be so awesome to like one day have a game out there. And even if like, you know, a couple hundred people play it, to just be like, I was in that project. Start I small, launch that. it on yeah. Steam. Yeah. That's all you gotta do. Even, even if it's a small one, just like to start out. Yeah. I already want in. Yeah. <laughs> like some of the small ones, they blow up too. Mm-hmm. That's like Celeste. They didn't think it was gonna be as big as it ended up being. And then it just gets massive and creates this whole following. So like all you all you really gotta do is like find the right couple people, you know, yep. create something small, just release it just to get your name out there, just to get some experience, honestly. Yeah. I think that I think that's a spin-off we should do developing a video game. Yeah. Put the team together. Just, just that, that'll be bonus content. Like, oh, follow us on our journey to create a game that may or may not do well. I actually am really lame, and I read this um, web comic about it's it's romantic comedy one about a girl who's a, a game designer. It's called Let's Play. I don't know if you heard of it. You should read it. It's I think really I've good. heard of it. It's on webtoon. Yeah, and uh, I have webtoon, so that's probably where I saw it. Uh, yeah, no, and it's a girl. Her her dad runs some like major company. No, I think he actually. I think it's a major software company or something like that. And she, she works there, but she makes her own games and she makes this game called ruminate. And it's kind of like a, it's like a fantasy adventure game. And her, her favorite, uh, YouTuber, because she obviously doesn't, the author doesn't use YouTube. He plays the game, plays it wrong and trashes it. And his fan base, um, gets together and, uh, cause she puts it on a, she put it on a game platform and they just bombed it with negative reviews and her developer score went plummeting down and basically just like ruined any chance of her like moving forward. And then, um, he ends up moving next door to her. Oh, so it's a whole, it's a whole crazy scenario. And there's a bunch of other characters in other situations, but, um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm all for anybody, regardless of what you may are doing something yourself. I think we're at a time where it's, you if we, if we really to. wanted to, we have the power to end corporations. Like, imagine, imagine if you know, if everyone collectively decided to not go to McDonald's for a day yeah. on the entire planet. You know, you know, bad that would be for them. Suddenly, they'd, there'd be advertisements on everybody's Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go to McDonald's. Everything's everything's fifty percent off now. God, come back, please. We need you. <laughs> you wanted nuggets under a dollar? Well, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> you want them for a penny? <laughs> sold but yeah i mean it's really just like just just getting out there and doing it you know taking that first step yeah and it, it can be it's, it can be so intimidating it really can be but i'm really glad that me a couple years ago was like you know what i'm gonna just shoot my shot see what happens that first step doesn't have to be perfect either no. you know like when we recorded our first eight episodes that that first episode oh boy so bad oh my first <laughs> articles awful. my it's first awful. articles they're painful mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. <laughs> But like, like that's that what you gotta do. Got us that's that's what you gotta do. Is you gotta take that first step. You know, even if it's not great, even if that step is like straight into a pile of shit, you have to take it. Yeah. You know, and then you just keep growing from there. Worst case scenario, you create something and people respond negatively to it. Well, now you know this is the way you need to spin it a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, approach those people and and get them back or get new people to like it. And it's, it's just a process. Yeah. Even when you lose, you don't really lose because you. 
get something out of it. You learn something and you're like, I'm not going to do that again. I heard something a long time ago. It was like, uh, I don't remember who, who, who said this, but it was like, no PR is bad PR. Yeah. You know, that's, I don't, I don't even think there's a source for that. There's just, it's just always been a term. It's always been a phrase. I, all I know is I heard it like six years like, ago. No, no, <laughs> there's no such thing as bad press. Mm-hmm. Cause like, think about it. Um, there are so many things like, what was it? Uh, Oh, who's that? Ch- Gun girl. Gun girl. I don't know. She's gone viral for, she's had some, I don't, I don't know exactly what she's like went viral for, but she mm-hmm. just basically, I don't know. She's one of those people that everyone loves to hate. And she was talking about how, um, like because of this, she's gotten opportunities to make so much money. And someone was like, stop making these people go viral. <laughs> if you don't like it, don't spread it. Why are you sharing things you hate? It's like the, it's, um, it's like that thing where, um, Stop sharing and openly hating on white supremacist things because you're still spreading it. Mm -hmm. It's still, you know, one of the biggest reasons they're still flat earthers is with the algorithm, it ended up in everyone's suggested feeds on YouTube, like conspiracy theories on flat earth. I'm pretty sure our friend Josh is one of the people who made that continue to be a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I don't know if he's serious or if he's just like fucking with me every time he brings it up. <laughs> hey, hey, man, where are the curves? He he sells it so well though. It's like, no, GG, it makes sense. <laughs> he had Connor like convinced for a year that he was like Connor would come up to me and be like, I think Josh believes in the flat Earth thing. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's one of those mysteries, like, do you really actually believe this, or are you just being funny? <laughs> and it makes you concerned, like, that's why I always say, you know, be careful. You influence the wrong people, mm-hmm. and they take it They take it and run with it. Yeah. You might, you might fuck up and start a cult. <laughs> or you might do something good, like start a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You might. Like, think about it. It's, it's like a domino thing. Like, like, you know, you took that step to... You know, be a part of Nerdbot, and now you're on a podcast talking about it. I know, right? I mean, it's we don't crazy. have we don't have a massive listenership yet, but is the you telling me? The, okay, so I went and worked at this company, and I met you, and you were like, "Yeah, I started writing for Nerdbot," and like years later, that I I'd be lying if I didn't say that that was one of the influences that made me just decide, you know what, I'm kicking down the door, I'm getting into this, I'm just jumping right in. So like, it also took like actually coming into my room and yeah. seeing like, oh. Wait, we could actually really do a podcast? This it sounded legit. fun yeah. in theory, but it's let's definitely execute. a collection of like experiences and people I've met that really made me like decide that I am going to go out there and actually do something. You know, so thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's just funny to me that it all comes around cuz like mm-hmm. we were talking earlier about the fact that you were on one of my first articles I ever wrote for Nerdbot. I quoted you in it and now I'm like, look, we're here years later and now I'm on your now podcast. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of funny, and it's you know, and this just will lead to other things. Yeah, great things. And the more we're, everyone's supporting each other, it's just helping all of us just continue to grow more. It's like the thing, there's a thing a bunch of people sharing like a year or two. It was like support who supports you, and I was mm-hmm. like, you know what, that makes sense. Yeah, because it's like you know, it seems like some places have a problem with that, where people don't quite want you to be as successful or more successful than you themselves. So it's, they kind of, it's ridiculous. You know, it's like, I, just because you're like blowing up faster than me, I'm not upset about that. I still want to see you out here yeah. eating, you know, so there's actually a really, um, good episode of the super duty tough work podcast where mm-hmm. they go into that and they go into the story of, uh, 
because obviously I've explained this to him. Super Duty Tough Works, a podcast that's by a independent rapper who goes by Blueprint. He's from Ohio, and his co-host, he had a different co-host for a little while, which was a DJ he used to work with a lot. But um, his current co-host, and who has been for the past couple of years, is uh, his fellow artist, Logic. And um, oh, long ago, in the early, early, actually, I think in like the year 1999, 2000, he started his own record company, Weightless Records. And they were talking about one of his longtime friends was handling the business side of it. And he goes in the story on, um, I don't know if it was how to, I don't know if it had to do with spotting untrustworthy people or something like that, but he was going to how he was ruining the business and he was like laundering money to himself and all these traits and habits of people who like, you know, he was saying like, oh, he'd have like, he'd always have passive aggressive, like insults that I didn't know were insults (laughs) at the time. Or, you know, he doesn't want to be around you or celebrate with you because he's like he said he was. I think he said he was like he wanted to go out for his birthday, but he passed on it. And then Elijah was like, "Yeah, he doesn't want to go treat you to money that he stole from you, or treat <laughs> you with money that he stole from you." And he found out he stole thousands of dollars from him, and it was uh, the point where the actually Blueprint and Logic weren't talking for a little while because they didn't know he was having different conversations. He's like, "Yeah, they pit he pit us against each other," so it's like. You know, I see that oftentimes, and it's just so it goes along the whole jealousy thing. I think they yeah. even have an episode about that where it's like, you know, people are jealous and it manifests in really weird ways. Like, I never understood it. Yeah. Like if someone's being successful, it was like, I want to support them. I try to support all my friends who are doing something. And I have, a, I know a fair amount of people who do things, and I'm just, I try to be the best to be supportive. I, you know, they, you know, the amount of people where I'm like, hey, they're doing their own thing. I'm like, hey, I have a podcast. And you're like, oh, dude, that's awesome. Or it's just like, or even people I don't even know personally, like when I discovered Internet Boyfriend and it really ended up, I was just like, you know, showing love to the stuff he does. And then he just like DM'd me on Instagram. We started talking and then, you know, I, you know, his voice was sampled in the theme song for the podcast. And it's like, I talk to him every now and then. And he's like, he's, he thinks the podcast is awesome too. And I'm just like, it's kind of weird how that goes. It's like, you know, someone who's on the other side of the country. Yeah. Is more is supporting is is, is, yeah. is is supportive, but yeah, it's like you know it's hard to get like you know sometimes it's hard to get your own friends to be supportive mm-hmm. due to whatever insecurities they have, and that's one of the reasons I like this podcast is like we can bring our friends on the show, support them, mm-hmm. and show others we support them, and hopefully yeah. they'll support them. You know? Yeah, everyone's ideal for success is different, and we're all still doing okay. I mean, some I know there's probably people out there that like. Maybe they're not career oriented. Maybe their ideal for success is just, well, I get married and have children, and that's mm-hmm. fine. If that's what they want to do. Or, mean, or, or those people who are like, I woke up and breathed air today. Yeah. I'm good. It's I, a, I, I necessarily win, don't win. agree with that, but yeah. I always think you should be pushing for more. But oh, yeah. That's this. Uh, so, I guess, um, do you have any advice for anybody who wants to do what you do? I say. Continue to be passionate about it. Definitely. Don't forget like in the process of trying to be professional and do all these things you think are expected of you. Don't forget to go back to your roots and remember to like appreciate games, like go back and play the games, not because you're looking at them through an analytical lens, just because I just enjoy them. Even if everyone in the world says it's crap, who cares? Like, I think it's important to keep the passion and I, I think it's important to push yourself, like, especially through your own doubts. Like there's a lot of times where I'm like, no, this article is horrible. I don't want this published. I don't want anyone to ever see this. It cannot see the light of day. And yet I still, at the end of the day, push that submit button and let it go out there. And it's never as bad as I think it is. <laughs> or, or like how Greg doesn't want people to hear how much he likes helping people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's really hard, but you're you are your biggest critic. <laughs> well, didn't you did you say after like you know after recording, it's like you're you're never sure until you actually hear the episode. Yeah, I, that that's like a, a little a little individual fear I have. You know, like uh, of of course until like what next Wednesday. Not not the coming, but the Wednesday after when this airs, you know, I, I'm going to be stressing the whole time and be like, God, it sounds like crap. I didn't talk enough. I didn't I didn't provide enough laughs. I didn't do something right. And then like as soon as I as soon as not even before I start talking, as soon as the music starts playing, I'm just like, all right, I'm good. Like, you're you're into it. You just yeah. hear it. That's, you that's and a, me both. That's why, that's why I think it's part of the reason I probably put music. Music makes it. It puts you in a certain mindset. It's almost like your brain switches. Like there's a certain kind of focus you have because it's like. You know, music kicks in and it's like, oh, okay, show starting. Yeah, and I know we talked about it before the episode, but I'm sure like through this this entire time you've been like analytical of all the things you're saying. I'm telling you, as soon as you hear your voice for the first time, you're just gonna be like, all right, I all nailed good. that. Yeah. That's fucking ace right there. Yeah. You know, and you know, it's and it's you know, you know, who knows how many people are going to want to listen to it just because mm-hmm. you're on it. I mean, that's the hope. Yeah. I mean, I can really imagine can. how many people are like, oh, you did this. I'm listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I mean, I think it's about that time we start wrapping things up. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, you know, you're our first interview. Yeah, I know. I so, was like, so this, pressure's this, on. This sets the precedent on how all the other interviews should go. So every interview has to be as good as this. Yeah. And don't worry, you did great. They have a giant bar to live up to now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this went better than I expected. Yeah, it, it's been awesome. Like, it was crazy. I've never been on a podcast before. It's a little intimidating, but I'm like, you know, like, it's been fun. It's been amazing, and I'm really glad I did it. Mm-hmm. It's that first step, you yeah, know, and now you yeah. got that under your belt. You may even want to start a podcast of your own, you know. Maybe maybe she's anticipating the next time she gets to make an appearance. Yeah. So have to figure that out. Already thinking about, what am mm-hmm. I going to talk about next? Honestly. <laughs> I think I think moving forward it'll be just more of like well you know the interview the interviews are more to like it's more for to expose you to our audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, I probably probably just be more collaborative projects because that's what it, that's what I'd like to do with podcasts is do like something that's maybe topical or theme oriented that could be like a recurring thing because mm-hmm. I mean obviously it's like or or just like a profile like hey what's the progress of what you've got going on now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and who knows someday maybe you guys will be online and you'll see under nerdbot.com an article about. What it's a podcast everyone should be checking out. Maybe. <laughs> I, but we'll get to that one. That, we'll <laughs> that would probably stress me out because you said you get, you know, as many. 50,000 50, views. views. I don't know. Like, I'd be like, oh. Get I mean, mind. luckily, it's not always <laughs> yeah. that many yeah. views depending on what the topic is. Luckily, it, you, it's not like you have to be like every time it's 50,000. Yeah. But, so like, but even so, it's like, you know, how, you know. With how much it's growing, you know, what once that becomes the norm, what do you think that'll yeah. be like? Unreal. I can't even imagine it. That's what? the hard part is it's just, I just, I can't imagine it. <laughs> uh, you saying that you might write an article about this, you know, like all the things you went through going from first article to 50,000 views. If you were to do that, I don't think I'd survive. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to deal with that and like constantly refreshing weeks. the stats page like no. wait we have how many listens i'd lose so much sleep no. <laughs> i'm sorry Greg. <laughs> i'd be like oh i'm helping you Greg's like if i don't die of like a Nobody heart attack heart before attack. all this i mean uh i wonder what it's gonna be like because uh, it's like you know i know you know all the people you work with are gonna probably be like oh so when's it coming out yeah yeah i actually um told our editor before like the other night i was talking to her and i was just like just so you know uh, i'll be on a podcast and i was like this is the name of it and she's like well when it comes out let me know like because i want to listen to it 
Yeah. Well, all right. It's about that time. It's been it's been it's been great having you on the episode. I'm sure our listeners enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure you had fun. Maybe we'll get you back on another episode. Oh yeah. Any closing thoughts, James? Any closing thoughts? Uh, not really. I mean, this is the first of many interviews. We're trying to get more people on the show. A lot more people we want you to know about. Uh, yeah. I guess as always, follow us on everything that we're on. You know, any social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Okay, I'm not letting this episode end without doing it. Connor, lean in and say hi, please. Please lean in and just say hi. I know you don't want to. We, please we have do an it audience of one, a live audience of one today. Just, 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 just a quick hi. Come on, just hi. I'm Connor. Just all. Please. You can call me the thing you want to call me. Hey, Daddy. <laughs> that's, that's all it took. <laughs> podcast and itunes we are on spotify google play music and i will be working on getting on google podcasts and stitcher so as always we are signing off and remember stay hustling and stay hydrated I was like, is he going to drink all of that? Oh my goodness. (laughs) No, that's way too much. Oh man, I was hoping to see that. He's going to drown himself. (laughs) Maybe another time. When you come back, (laughs) then I'll I'll just sit here and waterboard. The water break is just you trying to make us all look bad. Mm -hmm. The waterboard challenge. Oh yeah, water bottle, water water bottle. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I am the king of water consumption.